the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Market updates and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Talking money, talking investing, and much, much, much more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, stocks. Uh, wealth management, um, all of it's good. So getting you educated is kind of where we need to get you going, is my opinion, on simple things. Uh, getting you focused on retirement, getting you focused on earnings season is a, a positive thing. It's not quite the Super Bowl, but it's still a positive, fun experience to go through. Uh, Goldman Sachs today, profit sinks but beats expectations. Goldman Sachs is one of those banks that you probably love to hate. It probably has that Wolf of Wall Street feel to it. Income fell to $1.95 billion in the three, first three months of the year, down from last year's $2.1 billion. Um, revenue of $9.3 billion. Investment banking, investment management generated solid results. It's probably not an easy company to like. When you're talking Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, you're really talking like the big, the big boys for Wall Street. 52-week high of 181, 52-week low of 137. It's at 157. All things considered, I think it's pretty cheap at these prices. Is it appropriate for you? I don't know. Do you need a financial bank that generates billions of dollars of profits? Probably is my guess. PepsiCo profit rising today with growing snack sales. PepsiCo is much, much, much more than just Pepsi. Coke is much more than just Coke, but PepsiCo, who we're talking about here, Frito-Lay, Tropicana Orange Juice. Um, they are aisles of the grocery store is the way of looking at it, in my opinion. A weaker spot for the company continue to be soda sales, of course. Um, I think we're in North America. We're now looking at soda as it's unhealthy. We're not looking at it as, oh, it's a pick-me-up, or, oh, it's the way of getting through the day, or if I drink this in front of a construction worker, it makes me look better. It's 130% true. So consumers are switching to healthier non-carbonate juices and health drinks. So there is going to be a decline there. Um... But again, much, much, much more 
than just Pepsi as far as carbonated drinks. Um, so taking a look at that stock, ticker symbol PEP. Do you think they're going to go out of business on their whole soda decline? Probably not. It's got a little bit of a dividend yield. It's nice. Uh, 52-week high of 87, 52-week low of 77. It's closer to its 52-week high, and it's trading higher on the news that, you know, earnings season. Chipotle, also in the news. You can tell this is a big earnings day. Uh, we are in earnings season. GE quarterly earnings fall, but outlook strong. Philip Morris profit drops on weak cigarette sales. Chipotle sales surges. It draws more customers. So we got a lot of earnings, and that's kind of some. I kind of have a crush on earnings. Like, it's that kind of entertaining to me. Google, IBM, in earning season. Both companies underwhelmed. Oh, oh, it's the Crush song. I thought it was the Technical Difficulties song. So Google and IBM delivered a knockout punch. Both companies underwhelmed with first quarter earnings. Google missed by 15 cents. IBM was in line but came up shy on revenues. Both stocks got hit pretty hard in aftermarket action. Um, it's This is the fun of earnings season. Again, like, I almost want to stop talking about earnings because... It's almost distracting to say, let's talk about Chipotle. No, 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 let's talk about Google. No, 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 no. let's talk about IBM. IBM got a, a huge, huge cloud contract, um, which was nice for them, but that stock's been kind of meandering now for a while. Um, two years, it's done basically nothing. And it's a big IBM, um, it's a big corporate kind of play. The miss from Google was notable. But again, positive surprises from American Express, Capital One, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, General Electric, United Health, PepsiCo, Schlumberger, United Pacific, Honeywell, just name a few. This is the time of, of year where you don't sleep. It's a quarterly earnings report season, and you, you work your butt off to kind of get a reflection of what's going on out there. Now, we could talk about Jenny Ellen. You know, she, she certainly comes up. Um, not the sexiest of conversations, saying that full employment not likely until 2016. She sees the risk of inflation rising substantially above 2% is a significantly low chance. So she's not seeing hyperinflation. She's not seeing low inflation. She's seeing inflation. Kind of, and we were like, what do you mean? What, what do you mean, 2016? What do you mean, like... People are putting a little bit too much on her right now. The only economic piece of data that came out today, the initial claims level remained in encouraging areas. Um, proximity of 300,000. Um, any number under 400,000 in our economy could add jobs. So we're, we're in that area where we're adding jobs. First time unemployment claims, i.e. you get uh, let go, you march your butt down to the unemployment office and you go, oh, I lost my job. Um, now, continuing claims is a little bit different. Continuing claims for the week ending April 5 dropped to $2.73 billion. 
uh, 2.73 million, not billion. That would be a problem. Uh, billion would be a very big problem. <clears throat> this is a number that we've almost become apathetic about, and that's kind of tragic of how long people have been unemployed, extended periods of time. And, you know, there's unemployment claims and there's extended unemployment claims, and there are different numbers. Now, we know that we go out and spend our money. Yes, we know that. So whether it's from a job or whether it's from unemployment, we know that that check gets spent. So there's a positive inside of it, but the negative is, is I think we'd all rather have, instead of government assistance, we'd all rather have the private sector or public sector rising to the occasion creating jobs. So global equity markets are closed tomorrow, tomorrow uh, being Good Friday. Uh, European markets closed on Monday. Um, it's going to change a little bit of the volume structure. I don't want you to get too freaked out. It is what it is. Got a big event coming up with CFP Chad Burton, new focus on wealth. That big event is coming up in Burlingame. Burlingame. I'm going to be doing the 20 steps to financial freedom on the 26th of April. He's going to be doing a wealth and income aligned retirement goals with your estate plan on the 26th. Um, both events are great events. Mine is in the morning from 9 to noon. His is in the afternoon from 1 to 4. Um, I'm going to go over 20 steps, hence tips, tricks. This is great for 20-somethings, 30-somethings, 40-somethings. I'm going to show you how to create wealth, how to get enough financial girth that you have enough to live off till the day you die. That's my goal. Chad, on the other hand, is going to help you manage it and align your retirement goals together. You can sign up for either or event at robblack.com. After the biggest three-day rally in two months, the S&P. Welcome in, Rob Black. Your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about Pepsi, Coke, Coke, no Pepsi, Pepsi, no Coke, Pepsi syndrome, whatever you want to talk about. Um, historically, looking back on it, it is interesting to watch, like the whole, you know, Michael Jackson, who is the voice of a new generation, and doesn't matter, and do these guys beat each other or do they just make money? Um, Pepsi's as a drink maker, earnings beat expectations despite a drop in carbonated beverage volume. Uh, they did okay uh, in various parts of the world. You know, Europe improved 1%, Asia, Middle East down 4.6%. Um, looking at their Pepsi division versus their chip division, uh, they've got a female CEO, Indra Nuyi, strong balanced portfolios of brands. It, it's kind of dull, makes money. That's all you would invest in is a, a, a profit machine. The S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ, um, all things that we're considering, you know, off the recent highs. Uh, but it's earnings season, and that's what we need to focus in on. It's earnings season. Welcome in. CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I saw recently in a statement, 58% of investors feel that the federal deficit is the biggest risk to long-term investing. I mostly agree with that because the federal deficit in Greece eventually caught up to them. They didn't raise enough taxes. They couldn't collect the 
to service that debt. Deficit equals debt. It is, but Operation Twist, which was also known as QE2, that was announced. Sure. Um, that really kind of refinanced some government debt from short-term to longer-term treasuries in the second phase of that. So it really pushes that problem out, you know, five to ten years because they put it in the longer end of the curve. So right now it looks like it's a problem that just was pushed down the road. So I might be more concerned of that in five to ten years from now. More what I'm concerned about is who's going to print money the fastest because as long as the dollar is stronger, commodity prices will stay level or fall. But if the dollar starts to weaken again, commodity prices go up, and then margins start to erode on some of the companies. You have to take a you know, really close eye on what margins are doing since they're at all-time highs. Some of these statistics scare me, Chad. Do you let, ever let them scare you? Like, for instance, I saw three-quarters of women will, be, will hit poverty in retirement. That's a pretty scary number. Yeah. Um, Social Security is not going to cover enough of uh, your cost of living. Uh, I see studies that you know people under the age of 40 don't believe in the stock market because all they've seen is 10 you know crazy volatile years. They're not saving anything, zero. They'd rather have you know a vacation now and figure it out later. Do statistics ever scare you? Well, the problem is, is I've never known anybody that's actually been pulled, so it's almost like they make these up. I don't know where they come from. I've never been asked anything. I've asked clients. They've never been pulled. The scarier thing is just what I look to see what other people I know are, that are doing. For example, if I look at some people in their 30s, they're more worried about buying a house right now yeah. than putting money into their 401k. If you put a dollar into the 401k, the entire dollar goes to work. You have a dollar, you take it home, you only have 60 or 70 cents left to put into a mortgage, which is a liability, right? So systematically save into your 401k, monthly put money into your Roth IRAs, max those options out before you get into a house – and you won't end up being one of these statistics if you start doing that in your 20s and 30s. I recently, oh, I didn't recently, but I remember there's always something to worry about, whether it's inflation or deflation or high oil or low oil, peak oil, are we going to run out? The me, financial media scares us. Mm-hmm. There's always a negative story. There's always, you know, a, a David Tice, isn't that the guy who shorts the market, uh, who will always come out and say, you know, corporate America is a sham. It's not really working. Stay away from it. Uh what do you think about watching CNBC or not watching CNBC and continue to invest on a regular basis? Yeah, I mean, CNBC is the, you know, that whole five people on the screen arguing, saying the what ifs, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I like the, the more direct news feeds like Bloomberg, for example, to give you the better idea of what's going on in the long run. Um, typically, investing anytime it's an emotional with fear or panic or greed, that's when you get into trouble. So systematic saving, having a strategy that you stick with, that's how you win. And then, like I say, make love sweet love. Yes. Enjoy California. Enjoy the Pacific Northwest. Go on vacation. Systematic savings is the way to go and trying to get some of that noise out with a white noise filter of, i.e., your life. Mm-hmm. You know, live your life and continually save from age 20 to 60. That's the best thing the average person can do. Absolutely. So with that said, that's CFP Chad Burton. He works at New Focus Financial. He's a financial planner. He's got teams of financial planners. I have a tie to, to New Focus Financial. Great firm. You can find them online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Chipotle in the news today. Their steak burrito with cheese and guacamole is putting a squeeze on profit margins. Food price pressure. It's not just the big restaurants that are going to get hit by this. It's you and me. Because at some point in time, Chipotle will say, you know, Food costs are too much, and we need to pass it on to the customer. Or you're going to go to the grocery store, and you're going to pick up some beef, some avocados, and some cheeses, and you're going to see that it's 
hitting you a little bit more. Now, inflation has been relatively low in the United States, but food prices has been an area where there has been some inflation. Inflation is negative, in my opinion. You and I are able to buy less than we were able to get a year ago. So our dollar doesn't stretch as far. And it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, if you're getting wage inflation, you can kind of deal with it. But if you're not getting wage inflation, it's the worst thing in the world. We're going to talk a little economy coming up on the show. Um, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Again, that's the number one trick here is don't be shy. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Or just call the show. Um, I think that's probably the easiest way to communicate with the show. And that's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, it's earnings season. And it's going to get a little more interesting here, a little bit more interesting there. Um, you know, on today's basis, like some of the most active stocks, Bank of America, GE, Facebook, Micron, uh, there's no there's no looking at these numbers and saying, okay, here's a trend. It is a holiday-shortened week, plus it's a week that a lot of people start, you know, gearing up for the spring-slash-summertime. Um so not only is the holiday distracting, but also the time of year is distracting as we you know, transition into spring and uh, trying to get away and downsize or down, uh, enjoy our downtime. Mattel, maker of Barbie, had a surprise quarterly loss, citing a challenging retail environment. That's a company that has a challenge with kids growing up today. Who wants Barbie when you're going to have the iPad, right? I always have big events coming up. You can check out more about these. There's one coming up at the end of this month on the 26th, a couple Saturdays from now. You can learn more about the events at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Traffic, I'm Bob Gowa. Hey, it's Flint Lock. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. It's earnings season where companies come clean about their last 90 days of business. But it's also always economics. The data releases that hit the street on a day-by-day basis, week over week, month to month, that we're looking for any sort of trends. Let's bring in Joe Doe, economics analyst at thestreet.com. You can find him at thestreet.com. Joe, how are you doing today? Great. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. It's earnings season, so I'm a little intimidated by the <laughs> incredible, you know, uh, Google's numbers last night, just enough to digest. But then there's tens and twenties and other companies to look at. Uh, what right. are you seeing economically right now? 
We've seen a, 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 number, a couple of good reports come out. Uh, the, the retail sales number is obviously the top line number that most people have been looking at. It came up, you know, rose the mo- most month over month since uh, late 2012. So that that was positive to look at. I think economists were there were a couple sides to this, which was one that we were actually seeing retail sales uh, come on after a, the cold winter, right? So you and I have heard a million times, and probably a lot of your listeners, oh, it's been such a cold winter and this is slowing down growth. Well, it right. does seem like a little bit of that pent-up demand from um, from consumers carried over into the March month, and so we saw that nice little bump. Um, and then and then uh, today the jobless claims came out a, l- a little bit better than expected. We had 304,000 jobs added. Consensus was looking for something in around 312,000. And actually what's interesting is the lowest part of that range uh, in other words, the the person or uh, you know bank who expected you know on the low end of what claims would be was three hundred and five thousand. So we still dip below that. It looked pretty nice. And then maybe more importantly is that four week moving average. Um, we dropped down to three hundred and twelve thousand uh, claims per week versus about three hundred and sixteen thousand. So what does all this say? It says that the economy seems to be on some pretty generally decent footing. Um, maybe we're starting to see signs of the those seedlings, you know, coming through that all that pent-up demand that uh, was taken from us in the cold months of December, January, and February now are translating into, uh, well, at least we hope, uh, more of what we saw this week, and that is, you know, better consumer sentiment next week uh, and, and the like. That underpinning of things looking a little bit better than expected with retail sales with first-time unemployment claims, that should probably lay kind of like the, the seeds for a pretty good, you know, summer slash fall. Is that the assumption that we're making? We'd hope so, right? Um we could see we could see these spring numbers in the labor in the in the labor market really um, jump up. I, I mean, it, it's important to remember that last month the the March number that we had come out did show 192,000 jobs, which was you know under expectations, but um Sometimes I think, you know, and, and this is probably something that you know, Rob, is sometimes we pay so much attention to what Wall Street is expecting, you know, the the gen, the, uh, the estimate, here's what all these different banks expect, um, that you sometimes feel like you can overlook what is a decent number. And, and I think for the most part, and I, I did get a few comments from readers and some different analysts when I wrote a story saying that it seemed like everyone was saying things were bad, and they kind of argued against me. They said, listen, we, we, we think a lot of people have been saying that this number was good. 192,000, and that could be signaling some stronger numbers in April, uh, maybe even May. And like you said, um, you know, heading into the the summer months and maybe into the fall. Um, some people might be saying, well, what about this volatile stock market, right? Well, I think this is a, a good time, a good example of when, you know, the stock market and the economy don't always just go up together, right? You know, if uh, I was talking to a former ch- uh, chairperson of the Miami Federal Reserve Bank, um, uh, Dorothy Weaver, yesterday, and she said, listen, you know, if, if this was all about the economy, if we're investing all about the economy, everybody would be putting their money in and they'd be making money, right? Because there's growth in this economy. But the market right now, you know, we had such a great year in 2013, 30% up on the S&P. You know, there's a lot of volatility in the market. There's a lot of people saying, well, you know, maybe I should pull out my money because I felt like I've made so much in the past year, year and a half. And then there's others who feel like, oh, you know, do I want to be the one who doesn't get on the bandwagon, right? And I don't make money if there is still some money to be made. So, uh, 
even though I'm sure it's difficult for people saying, well, what is it? It seems to be a whirlwind or a tornado of different data sets coming out. I think on the whole that you listen to what the Fed is saying, which is, yeah, we're, we're on the up. Uh, we're still slowly moving higher, but we're also not pulling back. Is that the general consensus that you just kind of hinted that some people want to get out of the market, some people want to get in the market? I think I'm jaded now because I'm always in the market. And <laughs> I, just, I just maybe get a little more conservative, maybe I get a little more aggressive. Are there still people out there who think the market's rigged or too volatile and they want to get in or get out? It's interesting. I was sitting down with somebody uh, about a week ago and asked them about, well, you know, the big conversation this week seems to have been, you know, the rigging of the market and, uh, you know, the high-frequency traders. And, and the person said, you know, I, I can see that, um, but it depends on what market you're talking about, right? And and to assume that every market is rigged is, is probably, you know, just not really the case. Um, you know, there are it's it's not always the high frequency trading you know traders are going to be the ones you know completely moving a market um so i i mean i understand you know why the the michael lewis book has brought to light an issue that you know i i think we've been talking about for a number of years which is the high frequency traders that the average person in the public may may not have been familiar with uh but at the same time to say that you know, there's no reason for you to be in the market and that you have no chance uh, may overstate, you know, how bad the situation is. Let's talk a little bit about that high-frequency trading since you brought it up. Um, to me, my read on it is it's it's part of the game, but we're at 52-week highs, what, 7 out of 10 years on the S&P 500 for the last yeah. 100 years. Yeah. Are we are, are we reading too much into there's a boogeyman and this year it's high-frequency trading? Maybe. I mean, you got to remember, even the high-frequency traders have the market working against them, right? Um, you know, markets are. You know, uh, you know, there, there's there's a way of looking at markets as you know about as as perfect and imperfect as imperfect can be, right? Um, you know, on the whole, uh, it, it, the the market is always trying to figure out if um, an asset uh, is is overvalued or undervalued, and and two sides or what, however many sides are working to get that price at the point at which, you know, most people can agree that it really sits at. So, you know, maybe, okay, sure, maybe you have, I mean, let's use the example of we're, we're on the one-year anniversary of gold dropping off more than 13% over a two-day period on trading day of April 12th, Friday, April 12th, and Monday, April 15th. There were a number of large funds who basically came in and said, uh, we're going to take some, we're going to take a big bit of money off the table, right? And what happened? Well, when one made a move, the high frequency, you know, traders, in other words, the, the computers that everybody had set up automatically hit sell stops and so they sold off all that, all that gold. Well, it didn't start because of a high-frequency trader saying, oh, we're, you know, suddenly we've gotten close to a sell stop. No, it was one player in the market, maybe a couple players in the market with a substantial position who just sold, right? And then everybody else reacted to that move. That was a human move. That, that, the initial move was a human move. Now, you could say, like many of the analysts I spoke to at the time argued, you could say that before high-frequency trading, you may not have seen the, the heavy sell-off that you saw in the price of of paper gold, right, futures sold on the CME. Um, but one of the other things that happened in, in that market was you had, for the first time, 
uh, a huge market sell-off, uh, you know, uh, in in a space that, of gold, which now had ETFs trading as well. So when the ETFs saw the sell-off, um, they also started started trading further downward. Now to say that the whole situation uh, was driven by high frequency trading, I you know I've asked, I remember asking people last year. They said no, no, that that's that's not the case. There were so many, there was a big player players in this space who wanted to sell off, and then other people saw it going off, and it was just an old fashioned uh, you know panic of sorts. People just wanted to get out. I'm speaking with Joe Doe. Economics analyst with thestreet.com. You can find his work at thestreet.com. Clearly very insightful. Um, let's change the topics and go back to the economy and, and talk housing starts. Are, are, is there weakening there, and will it be replaced with autos? Will it be replaced with, I heard this recently, manufacturing? Um, what are you seeing in the housing? You know, I was uh, reading some research of uh, one, one uh, group who puts out a, a good bit of uh, economic research. You know, and they, they said, you know, when you look at it, it does look a little bit weak, but it's it's interesting that February saw an upwardly revision of housing starts to of by 1.4 percent. So, uh, you know, I, I think I think a lot of people are, you know, it, this is one of those things: housing starts and, and 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 new home sales and all of these housing numbers. You look and people are saying, okay, here we are, five and a half years out of the recession, and we're still trying to gr- get a grip of where this this housing market is. Right? It's obviously it's obviously in a pos- moving in a positive direction. Now, is it you know booming? No, certainly not. But you look at the housing starts number and you kind of say, okay, this is one of many, you know, month to month to month, uh, and and maybe this was a little bit weaker than anticipated, but it is positive to see that in February, when February was supposed to be one of those cold months, uh, you know, that you know all economic activity was slowing down, we did see a, a nice little upward revision. Thanks very much. It's Joe Doe. You can find him at thestreet.com. He's the economics analyst, Joe Doe. He's got an interesting pronunciation of a simple kind of French name, D-E-A-U-X. If you're looking for him online... Google Joe, D-E-A-U-X, Joe Doe, economics analyst at thestreet.com. You can find out more about me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Bloomberg Market Minute. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. You're listening to Rob Black talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Russian President Vladimir Putin referred to territories in East Ukraine as Novo Russia or New Russia. He asserted Russia's tie to the area in a televised question-and-answer session on Thursday. Can a compromise be found on the Ukrainian question between Russia and America? Putin was asked, um, and he said the compromise should only be found in, in the Ukraine. 
the question is to ensure the rights and the interests of the Russian Southeast. So something about the Novo Russia, it's problematic. Um, it's a term that's increasingly being used by pro-Russian separatists, and it refers to an area north of the Black Sea that was gradually conquered by Russia in the late 18th century through peace treaties. I'm not smart enough to analyze this, to give you a good, solid, you know, this is why the market's going to crash, or this is why the market's going to steam higher. I will say that ultimately, I don't think you should be that worried by headline risks or political risks. Um, If you're in retirement, and you've got a large amount of cash, or you've got a lot of large amount of exposure to growth, and your time isn't as flexible as it used to be, and your needs for that return have cracked higher. Um, yeah, that, that that may be an issue for you. But for most investors, use any weakness to accumulate wealth. For most investors, um, know that history is on your side, that the headline risks and the political risks... This market has dealt with World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, Korea, Nagasaki, Hiroshima. Um, it's dealt with conflicts, the Cuban Missile Crisis. This stock market's dealt with it all. Um, a lot of it, a lot more dramatic than this. With that said, do you totally write it off and, and totally ignore it? Oof. I, I, I don't think you write it off. Um, but maybe you start lining up some capital to accumulate some of your favorite names just in case they take a hit. So I'm not that stressed, and hopefully you aren't as well. Anything you want to talk about today, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, Taking a look at some of the top business stories, initial jobless claims rose to 304,000. That's a solid number. It's good for job creation. Uh, Rising food prices seems to be pinching consumers, and again, you and I only have so much money in our paychecks. And if we're paying sharply higher prices for beef and other meats, then we have less money to put in our gas tank, or we have less money to put into uh, a vacation. So that's where inflation's a boogeyman. Rising food prices, pinching consumers... Let me put it another way. Rising food prices equals inflation. Pinching consumers is the boogeyman because we don't want to be pinched. No one likes to be pinched. Who are these people who pinch? Stop pinching. But we don't like to be pinched to the point that we have to make financial decisions. We have to take away from one to to fund the other. So beef, pork, poultry, eggs, milks all had dramatic price increases as drought, virus outbreak, and rising exports have thinned U.S. supplies. Uh, Russia, you know, I already talked a little bit about Putin, has seen a serious capital flight. So their economy is starting to get hit pretty hard. Um, Their index has fallen 12% from its February 17 high, despite a 1% gain yesterday. It's boomeranged on them. Um, It's a mess. Money is fleeing Russia, where stalling uh, its economic growth they, their economic growth depends on foreign capital to keep industry running. It's a relatively poor country. 
um, and it suffered through you know years and years of misrule under communism. So the whole Crimean Peninsula, Ukraine annexation story um, has caused the, you know, the key lending rates to go higher. So they're trying to stabilize their ruble at this point in time, and it's hurting. Walmart's launching a, uh, Walmart is launching a money transferring service. Walmart's one of those companies that they're so big in retail that they're important to talk about how they handle money. They launched a low-cost service dubbed Walmart to Walmart. It's going to allow customers to transfer money to and from more than 4,000 Walmart stores. It's going to have two pricing tiers. You can transfer up to $50 for $4.50. You can transfer up to $900 for $9.50. The pricing appears to be well below that of competitors like a Western Union or a MoneyGram. So Walmart's getting in the business of transferring money. What are your thoughts on that? Does that tell you how dynamic and big of a company they are? This is coming at a time when regional banks have been looking to bring in new sources of revenue by turning to money transfer outfits like Western Union to reach lower-income customers. Um, Lenders have been making room in their branches for Western Union in the hope that clients will come in and buy other products from the bank. Fascinating to look at Walmart taking on the banking industry. If you don't find that fascinating, there's something that I'm not selling in that story, um, and I hope I do. You're listening to Rob Black. I'm sitting in uh, for CFP Chad Burton on Thursdays, new focus on wealth, um, as well as Fridays. I record a show for him, and I, I go over some generic big picture concepts. Um, to get you to financial freedom. I'm doing an event coming up on financial freedom, Saturday, April 26, 9 to noon. Basically, how to accumulate enough wealth so that you have decisions that are yours in retirement. It's everything you need to know in your 20s, 30s, and 40s to get to where you want to in your 60s. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Just now, another kid dropped. Learn what Wall Street doesn't want you to know. Weekdays at noon on... Talking money, finances, stocks, and much, much more. I tie into a show, New Focus on Wealth. I kind of sit in Thursdays and Fridays, and uh, I try to do a different type of show for that. CFP Chad Burton runs New Focus on Wealth on a financial planner's level. When I sit in for him, because he's busy, not because I want to, it's it's. It, I try to to bring some financial lessons to the table. So less about market numbers, more about some of the trends that are out there. Some of the ways to not lose your hiney in retirement. I think one of the big stories out there today in particular is it's earnings season. And one of the companies whose earnings jump out to me is Chipotle Mexican Grill. It's a company that I've talked about numerous times in this format for good reasons. Generation Y 
seems to have a different mentality than Generation X, which definitely has a different mentality than the baby boomers. Um, baby boomers had this wonderful 1960s, 1970s peace and love, and we're going to change the world with peace and love and get those old cronies out like Nixon. And then they kind of sold out to the 80s and BMWs and refinanced their house and not so much about peace and love. So I'm against the boomers for their sellout tendencies, which, again, you may disagree with, but I'm just telling you the facts. Chipotle is one of those interesting companies that doesn't really make sense to people who are over the age of 50. It takes someone who's 35 or younger to really get it. It's sustainable. It's local. It's fresh food. It's, that's the concept. The fact that they make Mexican fare or Spanish flair or Latin fare, I don't even know what you'd call it. I guess you'd call it Mexican Grill Fair, because that's their name, Chipotle Mexican Grill. Um, the fact that they do that, it's it's almost the branding is more important than their actual name. Their branding, sustainable, local, fresh. They're going against the you know the McNuggets of the world, and it's fascinating to study that Chipotle was actually started under McDonald's. Um. Here's a stock that's, you know, closing in on its all-time high. All-time high is 622. 52-week range of 320 to 622. It's at 550 right now. Uh, that's where it started the day. Then it moved up 5% to 580. Now, again, that's trend. And there's other trends that are very similar to it. Um, Whole Foods, Fresh Market, Sprouts. Um, some of them are going to consolidate. Some of them will go on to have wild successes. But younger people are more willing to pay for premium food, fresh food, than they are for, you know, how much chicken is actually in a McNugget? Probably not that much, right? Well, how much chicken beak? Probably more than chicken breast. And that's, again, a trend, Take a look at some of the other headlines of the day. You know, what trends do you see? Home price slowdown leaves millions underwater. That's one of the big headlines of the day. For a lot of Americans, they're still stuck in their homes. The mortgage is bigger than their house is worth. It's a long slog back to, quote-unquote, dry land. Plummeting prices from the housing collapse in 2007 left more than a quarter of all homeowners with a mortgage owing more than what they it was worth. Now, the recovery in home prices has been pretty, quote unquote, pretty uneven. So if you're in Stockton, you're probably upside down. If you're in Palo Alto, you've probably done okay, even with the downturn. So the peak of underwater homes was $12.8 million, or 29% of all properties with a mortgage. Um, as of the first quarter this year, it's down to $9.1 million, or 17% of all homes with mortgage, are seriously underwater, owing at least 25% more than the, than the home's value. I just want you to like digest that for a second. That's a huge number. 17% of homeowners are upside down. Okay, another story trend out there today. 
Home Depot. Its newest location is ten times bigger than its average store. Stocks three times more items, has no customers. It's an online distribution center. Home Depot excelled at the big box concept. They haven't really excelled online. They're trying to. Whether you want saws or particle board or tools, the Internet's not really working out for them. I recently bought a new barbecue grill. I like to barbecue. And I shopped it at Amazon. I shopped it at Home Depot. What's the time frame? Home Depot's selection is is seriously lacking in charcoal grills. Um, Unless you want Weber, which I don't want a Weber. Too small. Can't grill enough on it. Um, So unless you want a seriously cheap... uh, Catch myself on this one. So I go online, and I price the grill that I want for Home Depot versus Amazon. And Home Depot will get it to me in three weeks. Amazon will get it to me in two days. That's a little bit of a problem. So even though there's a, a headline story out there about how Home Depot is getting into online, it's not a, it's not a good experience. In three weeks, uh, maybe I, summer will be over in my mind. There's a story out there that just makes me smile today. Yahoo's recently fired Chief Operating Officer Henrique de Castro, which, honestly, I just don't trust the French. Anyone named Henrique doesn't work for me. He left the Internet company with a severance package of $58 million for 15 months of work. Should that be illegal? I think some people think it should be. Then again, you know, if they're willing to give it to you, why not take it? Or if they're willing to give it to you so you don't go to the competition, why you, know, like, you see both sides, right? I hope you do. Pepsi's income rose. Snack volume improved. Maybe it's all about the Colorado marijuana thing, right? Uh, eat more snacks. Beverage volume was flat, but snacks posted 2% volume growth. North American carbonated soft drinks fell about 1%. In this day and age, I think carbonated drinks by people under 35 are viewed as horrible. Um, there's still a you know that two, three, four times a year where you just have to have a cold Coca-Cola on a hot day, but that's down from once a week, you know, or that's down from once a day kind of thing, right? So they're struggling. You're listening, to Rob Black. I can be found on robblack.com, robblack.com. Got a big event coming up at the end of the month in Burlingame. I'm going to go over the 20 steps to financial freedom, 20 basic things that you have to grasp and get. On top of that, I'm going to go over some hints, tips, and tricks on how to invest in Wall Street. Things like watch the transports. If the transports are leading, the market's going to follow. That's just one of like, you know, 200 things I could throw at you. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Stocks are higher and
Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Oh, tired today. Walmart unveiled a money transfer service, which is fascinating to think about them as being a big bank. Um, it's not a stretch of the imagination when you see how much commerce they transact on a day-by-day basis. They've wanted to you know, eliminate transaction costs, and here they are trying to go after Western Union. Western Union charges $76 for a $900 transfer. Um, so they're going to offer that same thing for 9 bucks. Joining so, me now, CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com, manages wealthy clients. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. What is a wealthy client, Chad? Um, wealthy clients, I mean, typically the, the average definition is people with over, you know, 350 to 500,000 in assets. You become concerned about upside and, and downside and overall planning in terms of tax efficient investing, what you're supposed to be doing for college, what you're supposed to be doing with your estate plan. You see a large amount of money that you've saved up. So you can say, okay, now I can finally start picking dates in the future to achieve, achieve certain goals such as retirement. Now, part of a financial plan or part of portfolio or bonds, stocks, bonds, real estate. We keep hearing those three assets, stocks, bonds, real estate. Um, bonds aren't sexy. Bonds are IOUs. What do we need to know about said bonds? Um, well, bonds, <laughs> it's tough because we're in a situation where you don't think interest rates can go any lower, and then central banks continue to print money and bonds continue to rise in value. But what, the thing that you need to know is as bonds go up, their interest rates go down or vice versa. So bonds is an area that you really have to pay attention to and be vigilant about right now. If we come into a situation of inflation or rising rates or the Fed decides to finally stop buying treasuries on a monthly basis, um, since what, about mid-2012 or early-2012, they've been buying $85 billion a month of, their own, of our own U.S. treasuries. Um, if, when that turns, it can turn really quickly, and you can realize that you can have some short-term pain in your bond funds. So looking at your overall exposure to bonds and saying, okay, I need – don't forget about foreign bonds. If you want to hedge against the falling dollar, we've talked about this before, you can earn interest in other currencies, and then if the dollar drops, you bring that money back into the U.S., which a bond fund pretty much does for you. Um, it can be a natural hedge, and you can get higher rates. And other countries have a much better balance sheet than the U.S., so don't forget about that. Um, I would really look and research your bond managers right now and make sure that you have a manager that is flexible, that has already looked at shortening duration, which is a bond sensitivity, the length of the bond, and that they're aware and very in tuned of what the Fed is doing. I'm not a fan of, like, an index bond fund right now because it's not smart enough. Okay. Um, a, a guy that I think has done a great job in the past is Gunlock from DoubleLine. Um, that's somebody you can kind of research and, and stay on top of his you know publications and white papers and things like that and, and see what he's paying attention to. He's been very smart as well as, you know, you've got Bill Gross, PIMCO. He's the most known bond manager out there and the largest bond fund in the world. Is that good to go with someone who's the most well-known, largest, or do you like to go with the smartest or the best return or the cheapest? What well, are you looking for in bonds? I, I, I'm steering clear of the super large funds right now just because of those are the funds that if there's a sudden snap in interest rates and they start moving higher, 
those are the funds that are most well-known, and those are the funds that have the most retail investors that tend to run for the doors at the wrong time, causing right. the bond fund manager to have to sell. So you want to go with a well-known manager, but not in the higher side of the bonds. Um, Do you have a preference between treasury bonds, corporate bonds, high-quality corporate bonds, junk bonds, municipal bonds? Um, I think municipal bonds at this point are still fine in, in California if you stay with the more intermediate term. If you're a high-income earner, I think they're fine. Um, and in terms of treasury bonds, I don't own anything real government-specific at this point in time. Um, any government exposure is more in the world of Ginnie Mae's mortgage-backed securities. So things can change, um, but I'm not into the long-term treasury bonds at this point because interest rates are too low and people are not being compensated enough to hold those assets. What do you think about the concept of um, when we're younger, let's say under 45, is, or you come up with a number, I tend to prefer publicly traded real estate investment trust over bonds mm-hmm. because I get that. But then again, maybe I'm just doubling down on real estate because I like stocks, bonds, and real estate. And for me to say I don't really like bonds as much as like publicly traded REITs, you know, REITs give you 4 5 6% income. Well, are you, are you with Yeah. They're, I mean, they're so – everybody piled into REITs, so the, the yields are at all-time lows right now. But, you know, when we first started talking about REITs, and people have thanked us for showing them REITs, you know, because they've, they've done well over the last, you know, decade – um, as those companies have grown up to be bigger, well-known companies, they're now part of different indexes like the S&P 500. So, you know, before if you were to buy the S&P 500, there wasn't really REITs in it. Now there are, and so any any dividend asset fund or anything like that actually owns some REITs. So your exposure might be there, and you know, with REITs you don't even know it. You know what I mean? They've, it's it's become a part of portfolios automatically now. Gotcha. That's you, don't, oh, you don't necessarily have to go buy an individual REIT fund to have exposure to REITs. Okay, I'm with you. Smart, as always, intelligent, wise, beyond his years. CFP Chad Burton. It's CFP Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com. It's NewFocusFinancial.com is the easiest way to find the company. I'm Rob Black. Chocolate. Prices are heading higher. Cocoa prices are surging to near record highs. On demand from emerging markets. Chocoholics brace for... An inflationary hike in their their wallet. It may make chocolate more like champagne. Cocoa futures are up 10% this year. Last year prices were up 20%. Um, The sweet treat is popular in China. And the price could lead to chocolate becoming more of a high-end luxury item. Is my job not the best job ever? Seriously. I get to study chocolate. Now, I'm not a chocolate kind of guy, to be quite honest with you. The story doesn't hit home to me. But I know that for others, it does. Um, Consumption in China is relatively small compared to Europe. But... I once heard a statistic on Coca-Cola that their stock price would quadruple if every person in China had one ounce of Coca-Cola. It doesn't take a lot of Chinese to move the needle. It does take a lot of Chinese. It doesn't take a lot to move the needle when you're talking about China consumption. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Got a big event coming up at the end of the month on the 26th. It's a Saturday event, 9 to noon, doing a Money 101, 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. It's the stuff that you got to know in order to get stable, financially speaking, in your life. 
You can learn more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW. Anything you want to talk about, we talk about money investing and more. It's kind of interesting. I had a guest on earlier in the show, Joe Doe from thestreet.com. And we were talking a little bit about, he talked kind of like the markets, people are a little freaked out and they want to get out of the markets. And seriously, not even a month ago, I was talking about record highs on the market. That's, to me, intriguing. That because we're not getting that instant gratification, there's a, I want to get out. I'm not a market timer. I don't know one market timer who's worth a million dollars. I think you can respect a breakdown, and that would be Okay. You can't hit 52-week highs every day of the year. You shouldn't hit 52-week highs. If you did, it would be too easy, too good. It's a little bit of a mixed market today. It's earnings season. We see the S&P 500 up one. The Dow's down eight. The Nasdaq up eight. Nasdaq is threatening its first, you know, big breakdown in five years. So it's been a glorious five years. Janet Yellen said she's less concerned about inflation at this point in time, hyperinflation. She again addressed, you know, an accommodative policy. She sees a slack in the job market. She's kind of talking 2016 before things really start to normalize. Uh, but we'll see. That's one of the problems with, with Fed Reserve officials is that what briefcases Alan Greenspan bringing to work today, that's going to decide our economic future. It gets kind of silly. So don't play into it if you can, is my advice. Um, Know that the market is volatile. Bulls and doves trying to clean up the recent mess on Wall Street of a little sloppy trading. So, this is a week that it's slow, because tomorrow's Good Friday and the market's closed. This is a week, and that plays out around the world as well. Earnings season, American Express, Capital One, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, General Electric, United Health, PepsiCo, Schlumberger, United Pacific, Honeywell, all did well. Google and IBM, not so much. Uh, first time unemployment claims came out this morning. Fairly positive in my book. Um, I feel like I've hit Pepsi pretty hard already. I've hit the Walmart story well enough. 
How about this? Um, employers, what are they looking to hire from the class of 2014? Bachelor's degree for sure. Business engineering and accounting makes you a hot account commodity. 70% of employers who responded to a survey are hiring business majors. That's the most of any major. Business majors also have the highest average starting salary. Average starting salary for business majors is $53,901. So if you're going to focus in on health sciences or education, you're going to make a little less money. Not too much less. Average starting salary for health science or education, $51,540. But business majors have the highest average starting salary. I sure know that when I got out of college, the starting salaries weren't $54,000. Times have changed, huh? Um, Target is getting into a subscription service model. They already have it, but they're expanding it because Amazon has expanded it. You will probably use paper towels every month for the foreseeable future. In order to get your business, Amazon and Target are lowering prices to get that repeat customer. Let's go to John in New Jersey. John, how are you? Hey, Rob. How are you? I'm good. Uh, question about Philip Morris, given their earnings report last night. Um, what's your position on them now? Same as it's always been. Uh, they make cancer, and it's a play on income. Uh, nothing is changing there. Philip Morris International has a, uh, a growth component. They beat by three pennies. They missed on revenues. They issued guidance where they raised earnings per share for the year, tied towards productivity, I think. They uh, continue to buy back shares, and they continue to increase their dividend ever so slightly. It's a dividend achiever type company. Um, They have some packaging problems around the world. For instance, Australia has a law that's, you know, trying to hurt the the tobacco companies. Um, Much like the United States, they want to put pretty grisly images of people with throat cancer on the packages. Uh, again, Philip Morris is international, whereas Altry is the cigarette company that sells Philip Morris products in the United States. Um, anything in the report that you saw that you think changes your opinion on them? No, no. It's just I, it, it's 7% of my portfolio, and I didn't know whether to keep reinvesting the dividend or to start taking the cash off. Yeah, I'm very neutral on the stock. I don't see a catalyst to, like, drive it higher. Um, I, to me, it's a bond alternative. If okay. that makes any sense to you. Thanks for the call. All right. Thanks, Rob. Yep. Um, good to get a call from Jersey. Uh, taking a look at the last four or five years, the stock's gone from 35 to 85, which is a pretty darn good run. Looking at the valuation, it's on the high side at this point. Um, profits could have been better. For sure, um, they're not. I guess one of the interesting things that we could talk about and bring up for debate is the whole e-cigarette thing. Philip Morris and Alfio want to dominate the market of e-cigarettes. Maybe it's like the Coke and the Diet Coke. You know, Coke was the only game for a long time, and people are like, "Hey, I'm getting fat drinking this." So Diet Coke came out, 
hey, I'm getting cancer from smoking this. Maybe I'll go to an e-cigarette. And it seems like a lot of e-cigarette stories these days are how cities are banning them from public consumption or public usage. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense at all. Uh, something to pay attention to. 7% of your portfolio is a lot. I mean, again, it's no growth. At this valuation, it's it's purely income. And maybe it's also, you know, further talking this out with myself. It's trading at 15 times this year's earnings. It's trading at 14 times next year's earnings. It's not. It's one of those stocks that's not a big secret. Everyone kind of knows about it. It it doesn't have catalysts there based on valuation. When valuation gets super low, you know, 10 times earnings, 8 times earnings, 7 times earnings, it's it's got some growth components to it. But at 15, 16 times earnings, it's you'd be better off with a name like Intel. I mean, if you're going to pay for that kind of growth, uh, you should at least get some better margins. And, uh, I... And again, I'm not recommending Intel. I'm just telling you that on a valuation basis, I think you could do better. Um, I'd say a lot of banks have a lot lower value, regional banks. Something to think about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing or more. Um, taking a quick look at the overall markets today, you know, Google and IBM didn't have glorious quarters. Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, they're boosting the financial sector, better than expected results. Global equity markets are closed tomorrow. European markets will be closed on Monday. Weakness is in, seen in staples, tech, and utilities. Strength in consumer discretionary, energy, financials, industrials, and materials. Uh, the biotech ETF, ticker symbol IBB, it's kind of been battered and fried in the last 45 days. Um, it's battling with its 200-day moving average. Whether it's breaking down or not is the question. It seems to stay not. So it's moving higher as an index. The major averages have reclaimed flat lines. And again, yesterday was we've been in a market that's just been messy. It hasn't been clean, and it's not hitting all-time highs. I'm okay with that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, FDA approved two new types of diabetes drugs today. Millions of Americans with type 2 diabetes have a new treatment option. Uh, Tanzium is an injectable once-a-week drug. It's a glucagon-like peptide. Uh, receptor antagonist. Um, a hormone that helps normalize patients' blood sugar levels. That's good to see. Um, believe it or not, type 1 and type 2 diabetes, it, blood sugar problems are so bad for your health. Um, it's nice to see some new drugs in this clinical area. Um, this is tied towards GlaxoSmithKline, again, a company that's not going out of business because people will continue to eat even when they have blood sugar issues, uh, making the management of what they eat, all that more important. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. 24 million Americans have type 2 diabetes. Um, 90% of all diabetes cases in the United States are type 2. Um, over time, high blood sugar levels uh, increase serious complications for people. So please, eat well, eat right. Um, it could lead to blindness, it could lead to heart disease, it could lead to kidney damage. 
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Big event coming up in Burlingame at the end of the month on the 26th. 20 financial steps, hints, tips, tricks, and more on hitting lend your money. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. The Russell 1000 up over 32%. Smaller cap space up almost. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KBOW and iHeartRadio Station. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I don't want to apologize. I don't think this has been my best show. Maybe it's that weekend, you know, Easter Day, uh, Sharks playoffs kind of thing lingering right around the corner. I don't know. Just, I, I apologize. It hasn't been my best show. Uh, I'm pretty proud of what I do on a regular basis, but today the show is not going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in any way, shape, or form. I know it. You know it. We all know it. Um... But that's okay. I don't think we're all supposed to be at our best on a day-by-day basis. Again, I try to <coughs> come up with concepts that help you get to retirement, and some of them are some days are better than others. Um, I saw an interesting video, and it it serves as a reminder of technology. It's kids reacting to Walkmans. Have you seen this yet on YouTube? Just YouTube or search for kids have no idea what a Walkman cassette player is. Um, one kid said, is that a phone? Kids were baffled. So it's already hit over 3 million YouTube hits. They asked kids, the filmmakers did, between the ages of 6 and 13, to do identify a mysterious artifact. <laughs> Some of the first guesses were walkie-talkie, boombox. One of the girls said, I feel like I'm Indiana Jones or something. The idea of rewinding and fast-forwarding, it, it, I think it freaks people out. Just even, even to think about that at this point in time. Now we just say skip ahead, right? I remember the Walkman, and when I got one for Christmas back in the 80s, the digital, you know, hearing the music come through, uh, I particularly remember Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer album. Just hearing the digital audio, you know, on your ears was magical. So the Sony Walkman turned 35 this year. And back in the 1980s, it probably cost about 200 bucks. It was a game changer. It transformed the way people listened to music. So when we look at companies like Apple, will Apple become Sony? Oh, yeah. Um, Sony branched into TVs. They branched into television products, um, speakers, uh, hi-fi systems. Sony was all that in a bucket of chicken, and they ain't been all that in a bucket of chicken in 10 years. I'm almost embarrassed to have a Sony television. Like, that's how quick we can turn on someone like Apple. So just remember that. Um, when you get all cocky and caught up in how great your stocks are, remember the lesson of Sony 
at one point in time, they were all that and a bucket of chicken. Not so much today. Um, the Heartbleed virus is a big story. And I highly recommend you get into a regular, regular, um, how should I see how again, not my best day. If you can get into a, a every three months, uh, a reminder to change your passwords, I think you'll be better off, um, considerably better off. So, and just figure out a system. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. System. Get into a regular system. Um, I don't have an app. I do have an app, but I didn't make an app, and I don't go around touting that I have an app because that's ridiculous. I'm not smarter than you. I just outwork you, and I try to see trends, which you see, but I try to put those trends into financial sense. Um, Chipotle Mexican Grill is the classic example of that today. They had a great quarter. Even though their food costs have rocketed up on them, they still had a great quarter. So know that sometimes trends are more powerful than valuations. Trends are more powerful because the trend of what Facebook is doing, it's way overvalued. But because the trend is so dominant of more and more eyeballs, uh, we are only awake 24 hours a day if our eyeballs are on Facebook for an hour a day. We're kind of on it, checking updates. That's a pretty powerful trend. So some other stories of note today. Um, Google retreats today on some tepid earnings. Google is a company that they, I don't get their earnings. I've never figured out a trend in it. Do they always blow up? No. Valuation-wise, it's a pretty cheap company for the growth that they've had in the past. That's worthy of noting. Average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage fell to 4.27% in the recent week. Morgan Stanley said Thursday its first quarter earnings were up 63% um, to $1.46 billion. The firm's wealth management revenue was $3.6 billion. Fixed income and commodity revenues were up 11%, $1.7 billion. Morgan Stanley is a company that I like for the long-term patient investor. I don't like it for the instant gratification crowd, but Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, a lot of regional banks, they're not stupid. Um, And they got hit hard in 2008 to the point that people still don't feel comfortable. It's a lot like Philip Morris. You know, if you can go back four or five years ago, had a cheap valuation, it grew into it. An expensive valuation, a premium valuation. Now I think the banks have cheap valuations. I think they've got a good couple more years left in them. We'll take a break here. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Don't forget, check me out at a seminar coming up in Burlingame on the 26th of this month. There's two seminars. You can learn more about either or. or five bucks. Um, learn about either or at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.